0: Hello and welcome to the fourth episode of the You Can Call Me Al podcast. How's everyone doing? Uh, guys, i am just like to say a massive big thank you to everyone who listened to our third episode on social media. Really much appreciated, guys. And so we have our fourth guest today, Um, this is a tennis episode, it's going to be all about tennis, Um, a lot of tennis fans out there on my Facebook and Instagram so I want everyone from tennis to be sharing this, Uh, no excuses, Uh, today we have Alex Macrae, he's a former um, Aberdeen University uh, student and he's a very keen tennis player and he's competed up and down the country in loads of tennis tournaments, so Alex how are you doing my friend? Hi, oh, Alastair. So it's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, no worries, mate. Uh, so, how's the lockdown been treating you? Oh, it's been a nightmare, mate. Just, just the usual.
1: Just got to take every day as it comes and just try and get through this. Um, it's not the funnest of times, though, is
0: it? Nah, no, it's really not the funnest of times. Uh, it's annoying with the indoor indoor tennis center being It's been shut mm-hmm. as well. It's not the best, to be honest. Um, and you know, we want to get out. And we want to get there playing, and but the weather's just been terrible, so. Yeah, for my coaching it's not been the best either. So no. so yeah, what what have you been up to? What have you been working at all or? Yeah,
1: just working away at MS and sterling and um just playing the odd ten playing the old game of tennis with my dad, but the weather's been pretty rubbish, so it's not been ideal, has it? Snow.
0: It's not been great, mate, yeah. Um no. okay, so let's get cracking with some questions. So um I want you to describe how you got into tennis and what your earliest earliest tennis memories are.
1: Well, basically, I think I got into tennis because my kind of dad used to play on holiday. He was a kind of table tennis player, but then he kind of um, started playing tennis when he went on, on these kind of Mark. You ever heard of the Mark Warner holidays or whatever? Mark Warner
0: holidays, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. So he started playing them, going to the coaching and stuff, and then obviously I would be there as a young kid, and obviously I would get a little shot of it. Um, my earliest memory of tennis would be I was about five years old, and my dad entered me in one. You know who were Ariel involved with? Uh, British tennis at one point.
0: Aegon, yeah, yeah,
1: they were. No, no, no not Aegon. Uh, Ariel, like the washing powder.
0: Oh, Ariel. Uh, oh, I'm not. Sh- I'm not sure actually.
1: Uh, I, th- I think they were because I I I, had, I went to some kind of competition when I was about five that David Lloyd core store and it was a kind of like when I it's from a newspaper thing it was like when I hit with Tim Henman or something like that and I went and hit, hacked hacked people off the court but I didn't manage to.
0: To hit with Tim Hennman and the well, Oh, I'm sure Tim was gutted he didn't get to hit with the hacker himself. I know, I know, <laughs> I know. So, yeah, um, so earliest tennis memory, yeah, so you, you mentioned you played at Kerstorfen at a, a young age, and um, describe, were you into any other sports uh, when you were younger or was it mainly tennis? Well, I, I didn't actually get into
1: tennis seriously until I was um, probably about 13. I probably kind of started playing it competitively when I was thirteen. I lived, I lived a few doors down from Sterling Tennis Club, so I've always tennis has always been around. But I was more of a kind of football guy when I was younger, as a lot of people are. Football's like the big sport, you know. I mean, I love football. Still do. Um,
0: yeah, um, Rangers fan for anyone who's is interested. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we Yeah, you, had a, you had a good team. win over over my team, Hibs, at the at the weekend, um, or oh sorry, the on Wednesday. Um, yeah, I was waiting to rub that into
1: you, but yeah. I just heard
0: that Morelos has got a pre match ban. Morelos, so. yeah, he, he stamped on uh, Ryan Porteous, which which uh, wasn't mm-hmm. wasn't very kind of him. So. No. Yeah. So yeah, uh, anyway, so yeah, um, so you 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 were always around tennis. That's funny. You mentioned that because I am. Um, I played football up until I was um, about eleven. Played for a team called Redpath Albion, and I, I was actually a goalkeeper as well, which was quite funny. Really? Yeah, I was a right. goalkeeper. Yeah, um, made yeah. a lot of good saves. You, but... You
1: were, you were you six foot when you were ten
0: hours? Not quite, mate. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I made I made a lot of good saves, but my my team was quite shit. So um, basically, I was I was oh, making yeah. loads of saves. So I'd save about I'd save about forty and let about nine in, but. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, oh, that's right. it, it was it was all right. I was saving I was saving a lot and stuff. Yeah, okay. So, um, so when you did can start start competing in tennis, and um, what do you like about competing?
1: Um, well, I could actually mention why I went from football to tennis as well, and then yeah, that. go for think, it. Yeah, uh, one one of the things that annoyed me about football was that it was well, like obviously I I do like football as a team sport, but I think that like sometimes individual performances can go unnoticed so sometimes i'd maybe come on as a sub and score the winner and and I, w- I wouldn't get a game the next week and i was like well what do i have to do to get into the team so um i thought that i, I realized the tennis is an individual sport it's all down to you so it's, you can, you don't have anyone else to blame you can you couldn't if you enter a tournament you can play the match you don't you don't play part of the match you play it all um, and i think you've got no one to blame but yourself if you lose
0: yeah, that's that's what I like about tennis as well. Because then um, I found in football, although I would get praise for get, making good saves and stuff, uh, it was partly mostly down to the the other the team on the field. Whereas um, yeah, whereas if when I started winning tennis matches, I used to get you know praise from parents and stuff, and that that obviously that obviously helped me as well. And I think also I think also when you're out on the court. Uh, there's there's no one really to help you because obviously obviously if there were players that had coaches but even the coaches can't coach you on the court uh, whereas in football yeah. they're screaming at the touchline and stuff so yeah, that's that's the yeah. main reason I kind of fell in love with the game Okay, so um, what would you say um, is the best thing about... Obviously, uh, so explain to the listeners uh, me and Alex went on a, a lot of the tennis tours um, this coach called Adam Brown took us on a lot of um, tennis tennis tours, and uh, there were some good experiences there. Um, so, what do you like about going on going on those tours? Uh, oh, they, they were a great fun,
1: weren't they? Just, yeah, um, it's good to like good to get away on school holidays and um, compete with people in different counties. Whereas normally you'd maybe play, you'd play in played well. A few of them were in Scotland, but there was a few. Was it in Hull? Preston, there was a few Northumberland, a few places we went to, and you really got to play against players that you'd never seen before that were from, like, the north of England, and they had a lot of talented players as well, and just the trip itself was quite good fun, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, the trip. The trip was always good fun. There was always um, always a lot of banter and a lot a lot of characters on the on those trips. To be fair, um, yeah, no, yeah. it was good to um, good to play against players from different uh, different kind of regions and stuff. And uh, obviously, they would have. Uh, I also found those players had slightly different game styles to the to the players in Scotland. Uh, yeah. Some of yeah. them were slightly more unorthodox. I found, as well, which yeah. is quite interesting. Um, so yeah. Um, so, what role would you say a coach has to play? Do you, Do you think the the coaching a coaching role is very important in a player's development, or would you say it's more down to the player to improve themselves?
1: I personally think that it's down to the player more than the coach, and I, for some reason, I think you maybe agree with me to an extent.
0: Yeah, I actually agree with you there. Although I am a I'm a tennis coach, I I only think that like. Lessons and stuff can get you so far. I think. That yeah, like no, that's what I
1: think. Yeah,
0: because yeah. you can have as many tennis lessons as you want, but if if you're not going to improve yourself and play yourself and play matches, then I think that you know there's you're you're basically just wasting your money. I I think, uh, personally.
1: I think al- I think also. Um, I think just rallying balls over and over again, you'll eventually develop shots that you need in a match. You know, I mean, not every shot you hit is the same. You know I mean? It bounces in a different spot. You're moving your body in a different way. Every shot's a new shot. So you just need to keep playing and playing and playing. And I think that a good coach can help speed up the process of getting good, maybe, by pointing things out to you. But I don't think in the long run for success that a coach is everything. But I think it does enhance
0: what's already there. Yeah, it definitely does enhance uh, your playing style. I think... I'd say almost the presence of having a coach at a tournament and um, having almost even like looking at your coaches sometimes for a player more uh, influential than the actual lessons I would say Um, because like you know it's all very well a coach giving you lots of information but uh, there's nothing better than having a coach just looking at your coach uh, for some encouragement Mm -hmm. if you're if you're say losing a match Mm um and and stuff like that. So um, moving on uh, to the, uh, to that sort of topic. Um, everyone's obviously had some tough losses and stuff. Um, so when you had those tough losses, how is it, How do you sort of deal with them? of um, well, steps! I had
1: bloody loads of tough losses. Uh, because I started competing quite quite late, I feel like playing matches was a lot different to just hitting. So you really need to get a match mindset as well. and You need to practice competing because, you know what I mean? I, I had quite a lot of bad loss. I still, like, even now at university when you're not playing as much, you're not in training squads, um, you're not playing all the time, the weather in Aberdeen is quite bad in the winter. Um, that's just an excuse, basically. But I think, like, in general, it is difficult to deal with a tough loss, but you've got to take it on the chin. I don't think you should look down upon someone because they beat you. Because um, they they found a way to get in your head or to, to beat you, you know what I mean. You've just got to deal with it and take it on the chin and try and improve.
0: No, yeah, definitely. I think that um, I've obviously had some some bad losses, and I've I've been known to get a bit a bit sort of angry at the player and like sometimes, like, almost accuse the player of like doing something wrong or like. But at the end of the day, it's down to, down mm-hmm. to you, and like you've got as you say, you've got to just focus on the positives. Uh, of what you did well in the match, and what you what you can improve on, I feel that sometimes um, in the long run losses can be losses can be good for you because you can also learn um, you can also learn a lot about you, a lot about yourself and what what you did wrong and um as well so um so do you think tennis is uh, i think even tennis at the level we we were playing at was mostly mental i mean quite a lot of the players had nice shots and stuff, but i think um you know we we could all play at a decent level, but I think it was more mental. The players that could hold it together mentally seemed to win a bit more. You'd probably agree with that. Yeah, yeah. There were there were a few players back in the day that would do things like
1: climb up fences and shout and swear. I mean, we all we've all done the shout and swear or the the of the racket, but some some were a lot more intense than others and to be honest a lot of the players that were like that really cared and they were actually really good players but it, it kind of affected the way they played a lot of the
0: time i think yeah no know there was there's was a lot of players that were great players but they just they just didn't have the sort of mental capacity when they were losing and i think that to be a great player i think you almost have to accept you're not going to win every match and you know be yeah because sometimes you know there's these players that think oh I'll definitely beat him and then go into the match somehow they lose it and then they're just they're torn apart by it and they they take take weeks and mm-hmm. weeks to get back whereas I think if you have the um mental idea where you you might lose the match but you're going to give everything to, you can to win it I think that's a great a great mindset to have um personally so moving on um Let's talk about kind of the pro game. So like, who, who would you say is your favorite player um, to watch and, and why are they your favorite player? Well, I think
1: in terms of inspiration, I would go for Agassiz. I think Agassiz's story is fantastic. Yeah. I, wouldn't, I, mean, I wouldn't, maybe I wouldn't see his style of play as inspirational to the way I play, but I, I just love Agassi's story and his kind of FU attitudes. Um I suppose Nick Kyrgios is a bit like that now, but um in terms of style we'd probably go like Gasquet. I love Ga- I didn't even I didn't even have a one handed backhand but I loved watch I used to go to Wimbledon and I used to see Gasquet hit one handed backhand. He was his backhand superb watch But um, in terms of style that I probably took inspiration from, probably like most of the people from our generation, the kind of David Ferrer kinda Nadal kind of grinding yes. from the back of the court, never give up, you know what I mean, keep the ball beat.
0: Yeah no I can I can definitely see the the Ferrer and almost even Nadal in your game uh, for I'll just explain to the listeners so Alex his tennis style is um, a bit do or die so like um, you'll never ever give up on the match and you'll you may not hit the ball as hard as as everyone else or uh, sorry as as hard as like every other player but but mm. he really really goes for it and he'll never ever give up until the last point which I think is a great aspect to having your game um whereas i i'd like to say i'm i'm like like that as well but um uh, this guy really it really shows in his in his game so yeah i'd personally say my favorite player has to be has to be Roger and just in the way he kind of holds himself when he doesn't doesn't get too annoyed at himself um when he when he loses and just just more of his elegance and stuff um but i'd mm-hmm. say i'd say i actually uh Everyone's got a view on Nick Kyrgios, but actually, I actually do like him because he's he's got a good. um, He's just he's just ridiculously talented, and it's just a shame that he's he's not um, brought that to the forefront and kind of messes about a bit because I really think he's one of the one of the best players out there, uh, which is a shame. And I really like his forehand and just everything about his game. Really, he's got got an amazing serve. So yeah, so so Alex, were there any players that you rather disliked or? didn't like
1: their attitudes or anything like that? Well, Fabio Fognini was a bit of a a a bit of a character, wasn't he? saw him play at Wimbledon a few times and he kind of reeks arrogance when he played. Um, top, top player, obviously, but just got a bit of an attitude about him. Um, tried to go for a high five one time when I walked past him at Wimbledon and he kind of shrugged me off and kind of pushed the hand away, which I was a bit upset about as a young kid. But um, I got over it and yeah, it's just maybe just one of these things where you think, well, you're at Romobin, maybe just be a bit better with the fans. It doesn't it doesn't take much effort, you know what I mean? He's not he's not like like world renowned like footballers, you know what I mean? Like he's not extremely famous. But um
0: yeah. Yeah, I sometimes yeah. feel these players should be a bit more a bit more gracious to the fans and stuff. Um Yeah, I'd say I'd say he's one of the players I kinda I kind of dislike to be honest, because his his attitude like like he's so good, but like really he should be more appreciative of what he's got, because I think he's one yeah. of these players that maybe takes all this stuff for granted and stuff, and really playing at the top of the game should be it should be a blessing, rather than something you just um, take for granted, because um, it's obviously so tough to to make it to the to the top of the game. Um, yeah. Yeah. I was actually listening to a podcast uh, called "Control the Controllables." I don't know if you've heard of it. Um, yeah, I think I've heard you talk about it before. Yeah, it's, the other it's, why, it's yeah, it's a guy called uh, Dan Kiernan from uh, Soto Tennis Academy. Um, anyway, yeah. he was. Uh, have you heard of the player called Dominic? Soto Tennis
1: Academy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> have you heard of the guy? Yeah, called, have you heard of the guy uh, called Dominic Kopfer, a guy, the German player? Uh, no. Oh, okay. So basically, this guy he only played tennis once a week until he was sixteen, and then somehow made it to to the U.S. college. Was like lowly ranked in the U.S. college, and then started grinding out futures and challengers, and yeah. and like all sorts. And now now he's like number sixty in the world, which is pretty impressive. Um, sixty. Sixty in the world, yeah. Dominic Kupfer. Fucking hell. Yeah, so he's this guy's well, he, made he's it... He's made us look silly, hasn't he, Steve? Yeah, yeah, because we've been, we've been slogging it away in, like, Northumberland, Middlesbrough, Preston so <laughs> from a young age, you know what I mean? <laughs> he pro- he's probably
1: probably just bluffed, me. He's probably just, just won
0: the press. Yeah, I mean, I can't see how a, a guy can play once a week until he's 16, somehow make it to US college and then, you know... Just, just awful. Just, I don't, I don't, think it's, it's possible. But he's obviously shown he's, that he's maybe
1: like Karlovic, mate. He's maybe like Karlovic. He's just got the big serve
0: and then. That. Yeah, I don't know. I think he's a bit of a, he's a bit of a grinder. I think he's, a, he's a lefty guy. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, oh well. Wow. Bit of a grinder, to be fair. Um, so, moving away from the pro game, and um, let's talk a bit about university tennis. So, how can you just describe to the listeners how? the university tennis was for you and how you enjoyed it and like what other social elements are worth it as well that made the whole experience enjoyable? Well,
1: um, well, yeah, university tennis is, is different. It's not as competitive. Well, at our uni, it was definitely not as competitive as other unis. Yeah. Um, I kind of got, got a fright towards the end, to be honest, at how competitive RGU were when they, when they came into our league. Yeah, um, but our our Aberdeen University tennis was just all about including everybody and in just like playing tennis, but not really like wanting to do well and like have fun at training. But we were kind of more just about enjoying ourselves, basically.
0: Yeah, no, that's that's good to see because um, sometimes people get over like too over serious about their tennis, I think, and. Um yeah. it's really it's I think the personally the the social element for me anyway is like a big factor like like when I go to tournaments i like it's i like want to have a laugh with people like- um in between matches and stuff, and if you can 't do that then it's unless you're like gonna be pro like there's almost no point in doing it to be honest because it's it's all about just kind of uh, meeting new people and having good fun um as well so yeah um yeah,
1: you what know. What
0: did you think of being What did you think of being part of Aberdeen tents that on that one occasion? On the one occasion, uh, for me, it was an absolute yeah. honour to be there. Uh, I, I knew, <laughs> I knew, <laughs> I knew loads of folks. So I'll explain to the listeners that Aberdeen University have a a social event called the Grand Slam Flat Flat Crawl, and it's basically where you um, go around each flat. There's four flats. This is before COVID, obviously. Uh four flats. So you go to the Australian Open, then the French Open, then Wimbledon, then the U.S., and then you finally make it out to a nightclub, and yeah, um, rather quite a lot of drink was consumed that night. But uh, it was a good, great night nonetheless, and uh, yeah, um, met all the met all the guys, and met all the guys and the girls, and it was yeah, it was a great night. Um, yeah, so um. It was a shame I lost my bank card at the end, but uh, it was probably worth it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you were rolling it out on the VKs, mate. You were with all these
0: women at the bar. And I was like, "Where's Sims?" And I saw you, and you were just, you were just shelling out. Yeah, that sounds like me. Sounds like me. <laughs> okay. So, um, just going back to um, sort of tennis in general. Um, do you think do you think more young players should get into tennis and why do you think people should choose tennis over other sports?
1: My honest opinion is that tennis will always be a niche sport. It always will be. Yeah. And yet to be proved wrong. It's not it's not played at a massive on a massive scale. Well most people I know don't know much about tennis, don't don't really play tennis. Um, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the approach taken by the LTA, and um, whether people just aren't interested in tennis. or but I definitely think that it is a. It's quite a small community. Would you agree?
0: Uh, yeah. No. Definitely. I, I. I. really feel that you know tennis is unfortunately at the moment a rich man's sport, which uh, shouldn't be the case. Because um, I'll actually tell tell listen to the listeners a story. Um. Basically, I was, my mum didn't have a car back when I was competing, so I was, I was the only player, you know, getting trains and buses to, to these tournaments. And um, all these yeah. other players would kind of rock up in their kind of four-by-fours with their parents and stuff. So it was just nice, kind of uh, refreshing for, for me almost to just be travelling. Robert
1: traveling. Morrison?
0: <laughs> <laughs> has he got a big four-by-four four now, has he? <laughs> oh, yeah, I think
1: he's got three now.
0: Oh, yeah, his dad, yeah.
1: His dad, his, dad wounds, his dad wounds like 70 of them.
0: Oh, that, that thats thats shocking. That's shocking. Big, big brother and normal. terrible. We'll shout, shout out! We'll give a shout out to Robert Morrison and Scott Morrison. Um, two very good. Well, they're 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 good tennis players. I'd say. Um, I wouldn't call them absolutely amazing, but uh, they they love the sport and it's it's great to see. Um, two two brothers, um, two brothers from Sterling. Uh, yeah, probably about the same level as us to be fair, and. Um, yeah no it's great to see, but going back to that point, yeah, there was just a lot of um just a lot of players um just just had a lot of money pumped into them um not naming any names, obviously, but like loads of players like had they had loads of money pumped into them and you know, well, well, what about
1: what about like, what about like Draper? Look where Draper.
0: Oh, Draper! Exactly. We've we've got to mention corruption. Jack Draper. I've it up. I've spoken up. Yeah. So, uh, Alex, uh, were you be thinking that Jack Draper played in the same tournament as us in Preston?
1: He did indeed. I think. I think did, 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 did young Cameron Kerr beat him. I think maybe. He I did. Think he may Cameron
0: Kerr may have beat him. I hope, hope Cameron Kerr beat him. To be fair, but uh, um, yeah, no, he wasn't. To be fair, he wasn't. He, fair, he wasn't, he wasn't guy good guy back guy, then. Right, but but obviously, sure. obviously, Roger Drapers dad with the money. Um, pumped a lot of money into his son and look where he is today. So, yeah, it's, it's kind of sad in a way. But obviously, you know, no disrespect to Jack Draper. I'm, he's obviously done Yeah, no, work. No, no
1: I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not actually disrespecting Jack Draper. He's obviously worked very hard and he's a top-top
0: player. And yeah, I'm, I'm just joking. A top him. player. But, yeah, is, yeah. Um, you know, I, mean, I actually saw Jack Draper. It's just, it's,
1: just kind of, it's just a kind of example of the point that you were trying to make.
0: Yeah, yeah, I actually saw Jack Draper play in, um, in Glasgow just before COVID, and um, he was actually six love up, first set, and me and my mate actually missed the first set, we were a bit late, and we were like, oh, is there even any point in watching it? And the French guy actually came back and beat him, which was uh, quite an entertaining match. So, yeah. yeah. No, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's, it's sad that tennis is kind of an elitist sport, but um it's just everything you gotta pay for. You know, at the level, I mean, you gotta pay for obviously travel, hotels, food, restringing. Every you name it. So, um, I think the LTA could maybe do a bit more to to sponsor lower level players and not just give it to the top players. But um, yeah, because um, I mean, like, yeah. like definitely. I mean there's a there's a lot of players out there that are very good players but just aren't getting the funding so so can't continue which is which yeah. is sad to see. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But then we also had players like Ollie Golding and George Morgan that were were top juniors that got a lot of funding and then they just kinda didn't peeled off yeah. that level.
0: Yeah, I think Oliver Golding's working for a bank now. Um or something. Oh
1: yeah, I'm sure he I'm sure he is. I'm
0: sure he's alright. <laughs> he's an absolute <laughs> banker, mate. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah I was I actually know. listening to him on the uh on the Mar- the Marcus Willis podcast. You should you should give that one a listen, actually. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, it's called What You Will Talk. You and, yeah, well Bob, yeah, it's it's called What You Talking About Willis.
1: You
0: get him on the road, mate. Yeah, oh I know, mate. Um for the for the for a the par- for the listeners that don't know Marcus Willis. Um, he's a bit of an inspiration to me because in 2016 he qualified. He won six qualifying rounds to make the main draw of Wimbledon, then took out Ricardo Barrancas, and then he played Roger Federer on centre court. And uh, he lost, but uh, yeah. And I actually know Marcus Willis a bit from uh, the touch tennis circuit as well. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, he's definitely... No, I'm not going to slag that guy off. He's a legend. No, yeah, definitely, apparently he, definitely. He, he used to eat chips and curry sauce and stuff like it. British... Oh, Jordan. no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's a there's a video of him meeting a, a candy bar and, and a Coke on, in, a, in a Challenger match against Tennis Sangren and winning. Wow. So that's... Uh, yeah, you've got to love the guy for yeah. that. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so uh, talking about touch tennis, touch tennis, have you ever tried it?
1: Yeah, yeah, I reckon I'd be pretty good at it to be honest, because it's basically just hacking with a soft ball. Yeah,
0: it? I reckon you'd be pretty good at it. Like, obviously, like hacking quite a lot, and um, and it's, all it's,
1: the taking shots. The, it's taking the pace off the the players that have got big serves and kind of. You no, know I mean, I think, and if you're fit, I think it, touch tennis is probably maybe I should take it up. Actually. Yeah, you should. Maybe um, I would
0: actually win something. Yeah, give that Rashid Ahmed guy a, a message. Oh yeah. The, the, the found, do, you know, really nice. do you know that guy?
1: you
0: know I remember they used to have something at La Manga didn't they yeah yeah um, yeah he's obviously the guy that invented the touch tennis so yeah uh, I'm yeah. sure he'll have some tournaments for you after, after the Covid and stuff yeah, yeah. so Alex Macrae thank you very much for, for talking to us do you have any closing remarks and what would you advise um, com- coming up players competing uh, what, would, what would your advice be to them
1: You've just got to play as much as you can with different different players with different styles. It doesn't matter who they are, how good they are. You've just got to play as much as you can, um, and I think tennis is a good it's a good distraction from other things like your work or or whatever you experience. And I think it's just a good release. So just try and play as much as you can, and and if you get quite good, don't let it get to your head because it's a a very difficult sport to. To make money from and to progress and but I think you've just
0: got to enjoy it and work as hard as you can no definitely um yeah definitely it's a very tough sport to to make it to make it pro at so don't be too discouraged I just say just just go out there and enjoy yourself that's the main that's the main takeaway factor I think from this podcast um and hopefully listeners that are, are playing tennis can take that just have fun on the court and um doesn't matter how good you are you know yeah, it's a very, very tough sport to, to make a living out of. So, um, yeah, just go out there and enjoy yourself. So, yeah. yeah. So, Alex Macri, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast and thanks very much.
1: Thank you, sir. Thank you.
0: No worries. Uh, so, we've been You Can Call Me our Podcast and we'll see you all soon. Goodbye.